0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Episode 198, For the Love of the Game, on the Believe Podcast Network is brought to you by Online. Sad that NFL season is over? Well, don't be so sad because there's plenty of sports to wager on in the coming weeks. We have NBA regular season down the stretch they come. We have NCAA tournament right around the corner. MLB is coming up, NHL down the stretch they come, and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports is bet online. Head to betonline.ag today to receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code BLEAVE B-L-E-A-V to get started and get 50% on your first deposit. Bet Online where the game starts with that said, episode 198 for the love of the game. Let's get this
0: work. Check it out now. Uh. No doubt now. Uh. Yeah. Check it out now. Uh. No doubt, yeah. Special girl, real good girl. Biggest thing in my itty bitty world. Call her up and she made me feel right. Wish the bliss could never take flight. Sitting back with this mic in my hand. Spitting hot shit, trying to see green.
1: imprinted on my mind every minute. Make my plans, and you always in it, y'all. Uh, such a vibrant thing. You know what it is? Episode one ninety eight for the love of the game on the Believe Podcast Network. It's yours truly. It's ATH Aaron Tobin. As we are back in the saddle, back behind the mic, we are creeping close, creeping close to the big two zero zero. Unbelievable! I can't believe I've done it this many episodes so far. Honestly, it's pretty crazy. It's been an awesome journey. Hope that it continues for a long time. And thank you to everybody who's contributed, listened, the network, everybody involved with this podcast. I love doing it. And here's to uh, hopefully 198 more and then some. Anyway, so we are going to have a first time guest, hopefully, to talk about NBA second half, which is really like the last third of the year considering we're getting at an all-star break. Two quick things on the local front before I get into a bit of a rant. And it's going to be a long rant, so giddy up, everybody. But first, the New York Rangers. The New York Rangers are 8-0-2 in their last 10 games. Their two losses have been in overtime. I mean, this team is... A wagon right now. An absolute wagon. I mentioned the Tarasenko trade last episode, but this team is the most talented Rangers team since the 1990s. It's more talented top to bottom than the team that went to the Stanley Cup final in 2014. Now, the difference is is that Henrik Lundqvist then was absolutely all-world, and Igor Shosturkin this year has not been that level that Lundqvist was that year. But if Igor can get to last year's Igor. I know Igor was named an all-star this year for the first time, but he was better last year, more consistent last year, and just more lights out. If he can get to, like, 95% of last year's Igor, I know the Boston Bruins have eight losses, five of them in overtime, by the way. I mean, they're just absurd, but why can't the Rangers go to the Cup? Why, Why can't they? a hot goalie, a super talented team, and now they have a bucket getter uh, for goals. Why can't they go to the cup? This Rangers team is the city's best chance at a championship. As good as Boston is, this Rangers team is very good and the city's best chance at a championship. If you had to power rank in New York, the teams with the best chance of winning would be the Rangers one, Honestly, it'd be the Mets 2, the Yankees 3, the Knicks 4, Giants 5, and the Jets 6. I mean, that's that's where we're at right now. But the Rangers, it's a really, really good team. So let's see how this whole thing shakes out. Number two, now that the Super Bowl is beyond us, we are now in offseason mode, coming up in the first Week of March, there's going to be a deadline in terms of the franchise tag. So the two players for the Giants to watch are Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley to see how their contracts and the negotiations look. I know Dove Kleiman tweeted something that Daniel Jones is looking for something about $45 million a year. I wouldn't get too far in the wheel, Giants fans, about tweets updating the status of these contract talks. I wouldn't buy any of the reports. Just don't buy it. But I will say this, Giants fans, if the Giants feel that the number for Jones is getting too high, do not be surprised if the Giants decide to walk away entirely. I'm saying not franchise tag them. I'm saying walk away entirely. Do not be shocked if the Giants are like, nope, we're out of the Daniel Jones business. I know they've said publicly they want to bring him back. I know they said publicly that they want to bring Saquon Barkley back. I anticipate both deals getting done. But all I'm saying is do not be surprised if the Giants feel that the price is too rich and they walk away from Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, for that matter. I'm just saying don't be surprised, Giants fans. All right, so... I'm going to get on my soapbox right now, okay? I'm going to be the old man yelling at clouds. I'm going to channel my inner Phil Mushnick. For those who don't know, uh, the New York Post columnist who's basically hates everything, I'm going to channel my inner Phil Mushnick right now. As NBA All-Star Weekend was this past weekend, the NBA All-Star Weekend this past weekend fucking sucked. Everything about it sucked, okay? The three-point contest, which right now has become the crown jewel of All-Star Saturday night, won by Damian Lillard, by the way, so kudos to him, has gotten gimmicky. The slam dunk contest, which was won by Mac McClung, who is a two-way player now for the Philadelphia 76ers, who they just signed on a 10-day which congratulations to him, Congra- he put on an electrifying show. He had four awesome dunks and three dunks we had never seen before, and he was great. But if you look at the field, it was him. You know, hoops heads know who he is because he's been famous since high school for having a mixtape, and he beat Allen Iverson's Virginia scoring record from in high school. But not what I would call an NBA star jericho sims not who i would call an nba star trey murphy who i really like not a star and i don't even remember who the fourth guy was and honestly it doesn't matter look at that cast of characters okay The dunk contest used to be the crown jewel of nba all-star weekend that's what we're rolling out that's what we're doing right now It was lame. It's lame as shit, all right? It honestly is. And you can thank none other than LeBron James for it being lame as shit. Because prior to the LeBron James NBA, all great players did the dunk contest when they were considered great. Now we've had all-stars like Donovan Mitchell win it in recent years. Paul George has done it. Giannis did it like guys have done it but they weren't in that superstar class when they did it it's not like when Dominique Wilkins was participating every year when he was a star it was not like when Michael Jordan participated and won it a couple of times when he was a star he even lost it once in 1985 okay it's not like Vince Carter when he was a megastar who put on a show-stopping show in Oakland in the year 2000, all right? That's not what we have now. LeBron James, who teased all NBA fans for years that he was going to do the dunk contest, never has done the dunk contest. And now you have guys like John Morant who's saying he's never wants to do it. Why? Why do you ha- not have any competitive? juice to do a dunk contest are you so worried that you're gonna lose like what are we doing here anthony edwards do a dunk contest you seem to be wired differently which i respect i respect the hell out of anthony edwards get in the dunk contest john moran stop being a lame ass and get in the dunk contest De'Aaron fox who loafed it through his first all-star game we'll get into the games sunday night because that was the worst of everything get in the dunk contest what are we doing here and adam silver who started off the weekend saying that they were going to switch up the live draft which was somewhat entertaining it was fun switch up the live draft so they wouldn't have the last guy drafted even though in a sense we all know who the last guy drafted was and it was jaron jackson jr all right we're not stupid here, okay? But he doesn't want to hurt feelings. Like, shut up, Adam Silver. You, you he's just such a limp loser, Adam Silver. He is. And one of the things that he needs to do is somehow figure out how to incentivize guys to do the dunk contest, and beyond that, incentivize NBA players. To actually try somewhat in an all-star game. Because that game Sunday night was an absolute embarrassment. It was an embarrassment to the league. Team Giannis defeated Team LeBron. Who cares what the score was? No one gives a shit. Because if you watched more than five minutes of it, you were lulled to sleep because they didn't care. There was a video going around De'Aaron Fox. I just mentioned it before who was bummed that he wasn't named initially and got put in the game as an injury replacement. And by the way, he deserved to be there. And he basically loafed it for 20 seconds, barely moving above five miles per hour. There was absolutely no defense played in this game. No one gave a shit at all in this game. And shout-out to my guys over at Mojo Investing. And by the way, kudos to them. NBA Trading is now up on the platform. It's awesome. I love the Mojo guys. I'm a part of the Mojo family. And maybe they need to hire me to do some more content for them because they had a couple of guys who were talking about, you know, the Jason Tatum explosion, going for 55 points. If you said anything positive about last night's game, then you – don't have a clue of what's going on, all right? Enough. The only thing to say about last night's game was that it was an embarrassment. An absolute embarrassment. Has the Elam ending in the past years helped the game a little bit? Sure. But you know what really helps the game? If guys actually give a shit. No one wants to watch these guys launch 40-foot threes and have Damian Lillard, who, by the way, I like Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard launched from half court, go 0-for-5 in the fourth quarter, brick a bunch of threes, garbage attempts, and then he heaves one up. It goes in. Oh, point to the watch. Dame time, Elam ending time. That shit was absolute trash. Absolute trash. The NBA players right now, they may be as talented as ever, and they're generally likable. And I love the NBA product. I watch a ton of it. NBA basketball is awesome. But the arrogance of those players to put on that performance last night was disgusting, absolutely disgusting. The fact that Mike Malone, the coach for the Western Conference or whatever – hell teams they do because they do the draft now basically on a hot mic said yeah no one puts in any effort the fact that Nikola Jokic and Luka Doncic two of the four best players in the league don't get drafted high because they know that they won't put any effort in it's embarrassing it's absolutely embarrassing and yes this is on the players the players should have pride. The players had pride in the past. You go back to the last All-Star game in Utah, 1993. Go back and watch the highlights. That was an awesome game. Players played defense. They tried. They weren't worried about injury. They weren't worried about their next contract. They, they tried. They played. Go back to the year 2001. Go watch the fourth quarter of that All-Star game. It's not that long ago. Okay. You know, the late, great Kobe Bryant was talking about how the All-Star Game, he was on with Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles, he was talking about how the All-Star Game is the greatest pickup game in the world. Well, this generation of player, last night, who they all seem to idolize Kobe Bryant, obviously don't idolize him enough to put respect on his name. You know, because his name is the guy one on the trophy now for the MVP because he died tragically three years ago now. Didn't have enough respect for him then to put out a product that people wanted to watch. I turned that shit off four minutes in and watched a couple of episodes of FAUDA and then caught the very end to watch Damian Lillard brick a couple of threes and then finally heave one up and it goes in. And again... I am a top one NBA consumer, okay? I watch the games. I used to plan events around NBA All-Star Saturday night growing up. Coincides with my birthday. It used to be a party. I wouldn't do that now. Are you kidding? For this? And yes, it's on the players. The players have to give a crap. Ultimately, it's on them. But Adam Silver, as I've said many times on this podcast, has catered to these players and coddled them and basically told them that their shit doesn't stink and he's done everything in his power to ruin the league. And it's because the players are so great that the league isn't absolutely in the toilet. But eventually there's going to come a time. There's going to come a time when the TV networks are going to say, enough with this shit. We've had enough. We've had enough of you devaluing the regular season as much as you possibly can. We've had enough of your all-star game being as disgusting a display as you possibly can. We've had enough. We're not paying for this shit anymore. And then all of a sudden, the slice of the pie that is the basketball-related income gets lower. And the salary cap goes down. So I would tread very lightly, NBA player. I would tread very, very lightly. Stop spitting in the face of your fans and give a crap. Whether that's in the regular season, whether that's All-Star weekend. Now, I'm not saying you have to go balls to the walls all the time in the All-Star game. All right? That's not what I'm saying. But have a little bit of pride and play with a little bit of class. Because that display last night was absolute dog shit absolute dog shit. Anyway, now they got that off my chest. We're going to bring on a first-time guest. We're going to talk about NBA storylines that actually matter because, again, last night and this weekend does not matter, ultimately. And we're going to preview the end of the regular season and a little bit of playoff preview with him in just a matter of moments. I am honored to have a very special First-time guest on the show. He's one of my chief antagonists in a little WhatsApp group. We go back and forth all the time. A great dude, a a guy who loves hoops. He's a Phoenix Suns fan for some reason, which is one of the reasons we're having him on. Uh, We will not be talking about my prowess in the basketball league in Hollywood. We're going to be talking a little NBA. It's (laughs) Yitz Menluitz. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? Good morning.
0: Morning to you, too. I appreciate you having me on, man.
1: So, let's start with this. Uh, Obviously, NBA second half of the season's coming up. It's really like the last third of the season, last fourth of the season. The All-Star game and the All-Star weekend, which is something I used to really love, sucked this past weekend. I I I want to get your thoughts before we talk about the rest of the regular season, but what were your thoughts on All-Star and how they can make it better?
0: Um... I think, again, from what I I saw, aside from the game, I think the dunk contest actually was the only shining star of, of the All-Star weekend. Obviously, you used to have a lot more big names um, participate in it. Um, but I think that that was the only thing that was really interesting. Um, you know, the game used to be super competitive from after the middle of the third quarter, for sure, the start of the fourth quarter. Uh, and then they sort of reinvented the wheel with this new format. And, um, you know, even JT having his 50, what was it, 51, 52 points? 55. Like Who that, really cares? I, it was
1: a glorified
0: layup. That's what I'm saying. It it did it exactly. It didn't even seem impressive. And, again, to me, I don't even think it really showcased how good these guys really are because there was there was no defense. There was no nothing. Um, so I do, I definitely do agree with you in the sense that it's taken a bunch of steps back, a bunch of steps back. Um, and I don't, uh, you know, I don't know. It just seems like there's not that, there's not that much, um, want for these guys to get back to the game. Like they want their name to be there, but then when they were there, it didn't seem like they really wanted to play. Well, take no
1: Better example than De'Aaron Fox, right? De'Aaron Fox gets in as an injury replacement. De'Aaron Fox was probably pissed off he wasn't named outright because at the end of the day, like, these guys do have incentives in their contracts, and it it does become a little bit of like a dick measuring contest. De'Aaron Fox gets there for the first time. You would think he'd want to show out, right? He jogged up and down the court four times and then basically sat. Gave no effort, took one shot. Like, what are we doing here?
0: Forget that. And you, you watch, you see the game that's in the game and that's one thing. Right. But then even on like the Saturday night where the, they had the skills competition and I mean, I don't know if you even watched it, but Jordan Clarkson going through this, the skills when he, they, they could have won that event and he was just jogging and like acted as if he was just going through the motions just because so. Um, it it yeah, was I, really I,
1: embarrassing. It was honestly, it, it Embarrassing for the league. The ratings took a major hit by like 27% yeah. and good. And like when you have guys like Shea Gilgis Alexander basically saying that like money talks, that they need to be incentivized, like it was just so yeah. incredibly tone-deaf. You know, and, and you heard yeah, Jalen Brown talk about that it wasn't basketball, Mike Colonna, like it was just embarrassing.
0: Yeah, the 35 40 million that they're getting paid a year is not enough. They need that extra $200,000 kicker for the All-Star game. You
1: you look back at, like, the 2001 All-Star game, right? Yeah. Where Allen Iverson is throwing a double team at Kobe Bryant at the end of the game. A double team. And yep. it's just like these guys have no pride. It, it's And I'm not here to bag on, like, the modern-day NBA player. I think these guys are great. But they are about as... Little competitive as possible. Um, Yeah, the competitive
0: edge is definitely left for sure. As as far as the All-Star Game is concerned, that's for sure.
1: Yes. But, like, just have some pride. Have some pride. And the bottom line is that the All-Star Game is still one of the two or three highest rated games during the season. Like, at some point, the, the TV partners are going to say, enough with this crap. And that leads to you know, less TV money if you consistently crap on your fans and they're not going to watch. And that means player salaries are going to go down. But anyway, that that's for another conversation. I wanted to ask you, considering you're a Suns fan, right? You yeah. are a little bit of an insider. Uh, you had a bit of a scoop given some of your uh, personal connects. You had a little bit of a scoop that this Kevin Durant situation was going to actually go down, even though I was on record saying I did not think it was going to go down. So, this is me publicly admitting that uh, you got this one right, and I was clearly wrong. You're very high on this Suns team going into the last third of the season, going into the playoffs. Yeah. Obviously the talent uh, yeah. is there.
0: But, but why... For sure the talent's there. But do so- you... Have- You don't have the concerns about continuity or age or injury. So of course, those are, those are serious concerns. Um, I I said this from when that trade happened uh, that I think that if this starting five is fully healthy, uh, I don't care who you're going to tell me in the NBA. Like I think that there's no better starting five in the NBA that's even with an unknown in that fifth spot, right? So you got CP, Aiton, Booker, and Durant. I'm just asking you, because you know basketball really well, how do you guard those four guys, let alone, you know, a fifth guy who can, a 3-and-D type guy, or a TJ Warren or a Tory Craig, right? Like a guy who can hit open shots, give you 100% on the defensive end. Like, how do you, how do you defend a team like that? Because when they throw that double team at Book, I think they're forgetting that he's just going to give it to KD. And if they do, vice versa. And then people are also forgetting that as of late, DeAndre Ayton's been playing fantastic basketball.
1: Well, the numbers for Aiton after he was incredibly, incredibly disappointing to start the year, not just numbers-wise, but effort-wise. Like, it's gotten better, but it's also gotten better with more opportunity. So it's going to be interesting to see – how they sort of stagger minutes to keep everybody happy, in a sense, because Aiton wants touches. Book is going to get his touches. Durant's going to get his touches, and when Chris Paul's on the floor, he's going to be orchestrating the whole thing. So obviously, the ball is going to be in his hands a bunch. It, it's got. I it's think the be- things are. I think.
0: Th- yeah. Go ahead. Sorry.
1: I think it's just going to be interesting to see if Aiton isn't putting up the 25 and 12s, is he still going to be engaged enough defensively and on the glass
0: to impact winning? Right, I hear that. Well, listen, to to me, I think the biggest thing is, like you said, health, right? So KD obviously coming off the injury. Book was out for 20-something games with an injury. Um, CP was out for an injury, came back. When Book was out, he played really well. Um, I think that you saw last year, especially during uh, the Pelican series, where when Book went out in the playoffs for a little bit and CP really stepped up, they needed him. But because it was just him as that number one option for the most part, he really got burnt out and that really, really hurt them in the Dallas series. Um, yeah. I think the, the fact that he's a number four option on this team right now uh to me, again, if healthy, there you can't ask for a better situation if you're the Suns. Um, and it's funny because everyone's saying, "Oh, their benches," you know, "their benches, nobody." And I, I'd like to disagree with that because I yeah, I was gonna say I think that was
1: a little overblown.
0: I think just they're no, they're maybe not big names. They're not Tyler Hero type names, guys coming off the bench, but they're guys who are really contributing and making the most of their minutes. I mean, look, Josh Okogie, right? Defensive, good defensive player. He's scoring the basketball. Damian Lee, he he was the best three-point shooter percentage-wise for the most part of the first half of the season. Uh, and then he dropped off a little bit. But these are all guys who could contribute. Uh, and I think that when you have the offensive prowess that you do of these this starting five, and you hope that they perform the way that everyone expects them to perform – Uh, I think that they're, again, healthy. They're going to be a really, really hard out in a seven-game series.
1: You asked how teams are going to guard, right? You're obviously going to load up on Durant when he's in ISO situation. You're going to load up on Book when he's in ISO situations. And you're going to make the fifth guy, whether it's Torrey Craig, whether it's Josh Okogie, you're going to make them make threes and that's just what you're going to have to live with like that's how you're going to have to guard and i and i anticipate because of the continuity thing that phoenix is going to play a lot of isolation basketball like it's just going to be a little iso heavy just because you don't have a lot of games to get continuity to run real sets right i mean you know kevin durant's very easy to plug and play
0: because of like, you're also forgetting before. that booking you're forgetting that book and KD played together in Tokyo um, yeah no, they're, they're, K- it,
1: it's it, it will be a more seamless fit than normal for a guy moving of Durant's caliber and of Durant's stature in a sense of where he's gonna be in the totem pole on an offense right like how often do you see number one options get moved it, it has not, happened. not like, often yeah like the last but time
0: also came- how how often have you seen him get moved into a situation where there's really not it as far as the basketball team is concerned, there's not really any drama related to that team. Right. You know, like, like, I think one of the things that was said, um, I'm not sure by who, so don't quote me verbatim, but, one of the things that were said was this is a perfect fit for KD because he's going to a team and a city that all they care about is basketball. They don't care about the noise. They don't care about who's the number one, who's, you know, the main dog in the city. They don't care. They just want to win a championship. And I think even more so because they were there, they were up 2-0, they lost that lead in in a, a series that, again, you know, the Bucks ended up being the better team for sure. If Dario Saric doesn't go out, Uh, the beginning of that series, who knows what happens? Because that's a big ask for Aiton to guard Giannis like that. Um, But again, I think they were there. They were close. They should have, you know, they were in a perfect position, and they lost it. Um, And I think they have one, you know, main goal, which is just to win. And who better to help them do that than arguably one of the top two scorers in the league? So
1: to me, the biggest
0: Achilles heel for this
1: Phoenix situation is not you know obviously we talked about continuity and and the health questions but those those are kind of you know for every team right to me yeah. it's the secondary ball handler when Chris is out of the game and who's going to who's going to run the show and i know campaign is your boy but it's been a little bit of an up and down year and that's the spot that i don't trust as much for them as, um, you know, going forward into meaningful playoff minutes. Because as we've seen, like, Chris wears down. He's 36 years old, right? It's been a while for for Chris in the league. So what say you about that? Are you nervous about that spot in just terms of having a secondary table setter?
0: I'm no Monty and I'm no general manager, but I think people are also forgetting that the Suns just picked up Terrence Ross, who's a really nice addition. Uh, yeah, but again, he's not a table setter. He's a nice, he's a, a nice wing. Yeah, piece what I'm saying some... is, though, but if you look at when Chris was injured, uh, Book was at the one for for a a long period of time and long stretches during the game. Uh, and again, I think that helps even more so because he's very, very capable. And now you have another guy on the wing who's a Bonified scorer and then you have a terrence ross who can slip into the other wing so i don't think again uh, when campaign to during that finals ron when campaign was playing during the playoffs and chris went out he was a huge piece of that team he hasn't really showed that because a he struggled a little bit at the beginning of the season he's been dealing with a nagging foot injury um and so i agree with you that with him at that spot that might not end up being the answer but i think that they have enough personnel uh capable of figuring out the the best way to to navigate that situation is is book
1: obviously he he's great right but like you know yep. book is a, is a bucket getter right like he's 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 score first which is not a knock, right? Like, that's just the way he plays, and that's the way he should play. Is he good the way enough? The
0: had to play. No,
1: no, yeah, of course, of course. Is he good enough yeah. as a table setter, as a secondary, like kind of like a backup point guard when he's playing those minutes? Is he good enough to do that, to get them in sets where it, it's not just like a mishmash when Chris Paul's off the floor? I uh-
0: again my non biased opinion is i think so again watching him for a bunch of years um i do think so i've seen games where uh, first game of the season right um you probably won't remember this they played Dallas uh they were down i think one or two or they were down one sorry uh with like 10 they were seconds down left book at, early in that
1: game too and it was
0: a big comeback they were they were down they were down 22 they bring it all the way back. They're down one final possession. Uh, Book has it at the top of the key. You you think he's going to go and take that last shot, gives it to Damian Lee. Damian Lee drives baseline, pulls up, and hits a game winner. Mm -hmm. He's a guy, and again, you know, like, look at LeBron, right? People always knock LeBron for not taking the shot in the moment. He's scared of the moment. He has one of the best basketball IQs maybe the game's ever seen, right? he wants to make the highest percentage play that he can make to give his team the best chance of winning i think that books a scorer don't get me wrong but i don't think he's a selfish type of i need to hit this shot i think he's very capable of uh, you know orchestrating an offense when he needs to the evolution
1: of devin booker's career has actually been fascinating because the you, you had Phoenix was, was pretty bad his first couple of years, like really bad. Um, Brutal. then, you know, you had that video in the summertime where he's complaining about a double team in like uh, an open run, which was a little soft. Yeah. And then he's actually, you know, really turned into not just a, a really great individual player, but like a winning player who makes winning plays. And, and yes, I do think learning from Chris Paul helped him tremendously but For it's sure. also on him to do that so it, it's been fascinating to watch him so let me ask you a question though so yeah what team in the western conference scares you the most as a suns fan like who who are you most terrified of
0: so looking at the west right now um terrifies is like a little bit of uh excessive Right. You know, term in my opinion. Uh who do I think if again fully healthy and they mesh uh would be a, a tough matchup for them. Um I think the Clippers fully healthy. Uh, mm-hmm. can give them a good run for their money. Uh I don't think that the Mavericks scare me at all. Uh and get I, again, I think the Nuggets are a good team, but um I just don't see again how they guard I just don't see how they beat the Suns in a seven-game series. Um, So if you're asking what's one team that I think could take – again, obviously if the Warriors make a drastic turnaround and Steph's fully healthy and Clay is playing the way that Clay could play uh, and they're just gelling, they could beat anybody just because they've been there and they've been doing it for years. Um, But I think that the Clippers fully healthy probably matchup-wise are – Again, they're a tough team. They could be a tough team to beat if they figure it out come playoff time.
1: I can't believe I'm with you on the Clippers because the Clippers have been, like, tickling everybody's balls for the last four years, right, since the Kawhi and Paul George union happened.
0: But, yeah. It, and if they the just Clippers, haven't played enough. They right. They just haven't they, been they haven't played.
1: But it w- right now, it looks pretty good. And Kawhi Leonard, for a large stretch now, has looked like ninety-five percent of Pete Kawhi Leonard. And yep. whether the Russell Westbrook, you know, addition helps or hurts, I, I don't know, but even without him,
0: like they they look pretty I, good. The only reason I even said the clippers, and again this is a take that I may regret, especially saying it publicly, um You know, but I think Russell Westbrook is actually going to do really well with the Clippers. I think he's excited to be there. I think he has history with PG, like, and Kawhi is not, you know, again, Kawhi is the type of player that's just strictly ball. So if he's healthy, um, I think that that could be a scary team. Like if Russ goes back to, you know, even 60% of the Russ that like we knew, uh, that's better than most point guards in the NBA. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, like I, people are forgetting people are forgetting that this guy, you could say it was stat padding, whatever. This guy was a walking triple double and he he's a freak like he there weren't a lot of point guards like him. And I think that a lot of what the struggles that he went through over the last couple of years um, was was ego and also not sort of like not being that number one guy when you're playing with LeBron and AD, you know, and then all the scrutiny you get with it on top of that being in a big market like la and and you know especially for the lakers so i think he's gonna actually have a nice second half of the season
1: i it it wasn't pretty with the lakers i also think the lakers used him as a punching bag and as a scapegoat way more than it actually was like it's not his fault that ad can't stay on the court it's not his fault that LeBron sometimes at the end of games takes very questionable pull-up threes and bricks them, yeah. you know, it, it's not his fault for all that. I mean, did he help matters? No. Like, does he cheat on defense and isn't disciplined on that area of the floor? Yes. Does he have tremendously bad habits? Yes. But, like, I, I, I do think that, like, it was a little overblown. So we mentioned the Clippers for a second. Uh, in the West, mm-hmm. in the Eastern Conference, is there one team that you're looking at on the other side of the bracket that's looking to make kind of a move in terms of increasing their standing within the league, moving up in the standings? What's one team in the East that you're looking at sort of towards the end of this regular season to to make some type of maneuver?
0: Um, I mean, the Nets are sort of sitting right in the middle of the pack, I think, in like the fifth or the sixth seed um i think that they're gonna actually play good basketball the rest of the season like you know they they've obviously gone through the drastic change i think they got a great haul for you know those two guys going out um especially kd uh and i think that they're they're just a well-rounded like they have a lot of guys who can just play ball um no one that's going to stand out and be like you know, wow, that guy's unreal. He's a superstar. But I think they got, like, a bunch of solid guys on that team who could play ball. Um, and I think that they can make, like, a sneaky move up uh, in the playoffs. Um, obviously, I think the – yeah, I, I, obviously, I think the Heat getting Kevin Love, I don't think that really moves the needle for them much. Uh, the Hawk. – I'm not – I'm so off of the Knicks. I think that uh, – you know, people think that Jalen Brunson is the the next coming of Jesus. Like, I think he's a solid player on a terrible. Oh, you mean team a couple of he... people we
1: speak to on a day to day basis?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the people who are just like literally hoping that you know. They, I I I think he's just he's a he's a very good player. Don't get me wrong, but I wouldn't put him in that super upper echelon like they're putting him. Um, so I think the Knicks at the sixth seed is, you know, this is what I was telling you. I think the East is, is pretty weak other than the top three teams. Like, even the Cavs. The Cavs are a good team. Um, I, I wouldn't be scared of them if they were in the West. I think the see Celtics, that, Bucks, and the Sixers the team. Is right? Cleveland is the team I'm
1: looking at because the advanced metrics really like them.
0: Why, that's you, a why? team.
1: That's a team where, where I, I think, and again, a lot of it's going to be matchup dependent. But if they somehow snuck into the top three, I would not be surprised. No. And I don't know about you, and I, and I'll ask you this: Like, do you think the Boston Celtics are really as good as everybody says they are?
0: Um, I used to think that the short answer is yes i think that they're really really good um i think that jason tatum is every year continuously got, like every single year he's taking a step up um you know to the point where and again i i used to say between the two i would take book and it probably was a little bit biased but i i wouldn't be able to right now and i i i'm saying i think they're both unbelievable players but the way that JT has been playing is is wild. So, what about them leaves me a little cold? What is it? That their big man is never healthy.
1: Yeah, but besides for Robert Williams, it, I, I just I don't know. I you know I guess maybe it's a lot of Derek White and Derek White before the All Star break was was crazy. It's it's yeah. a lot of Marcus Smart when he's healthy and guys I just don't trust. I I don't know. I, I just. There's something about them that leaves me cold year in and year out and I, I can't really put my finger on it but I mean the numbers are the numbers and and I just I yes, just think I mean, you, got really I guys, just you got cold.
0: two guys got you got two guys that when are very what that when are healthy are very, very tough covers and you can't not double j t right so it's like Jalen brown when he when he's in a rhythm is a very very hard cover like he he just I'm saying we we you saw a little bit of it, but it's not even fair to say it because there was no real defense but like he can score the basketball um you know whether Mark is smart or even you got Al Horford you know who randomly will play uh you know give you you solid points solid minutes it's just they also they have a very well-rounded team and they've been together for a bunch of years so and they and they that, play good defense. Very good defense. They play good defense. Again, yeah. I, I, I know the Bucks. I, I, I'm not sold on the 76ers. Uh, you know, I I love Joel Embiid. Is that a Harden thing? Yeah, it's a Harden thing. And it's a, a Doc Harden Rivers thing.
1: I, I, I'm with you. I mean, I I just think Embiid it's is not so more, great. For me,
0: it's more of a Harden thing. Right. It's more of a Harden thing for me than it is a Doc Rivers thing. Well, you know, because like, the players me, have like, to execute, I, right? Yeah, yeah, but like... Even and people call me crazy. Like, don't get me wrong. Luca is is unbelievable, right? But Luca reminds me a lot of prime Harden. You know, crazy numbers. The one of the can score the best in the game. Luca's a better passer, um, but again, I, I just feel like he's so ball dominant, and that the way that he plays reminds me a lot of Harden in Houston. I've been saying that for two years.
1: For two yeah. years. And the style of play doesn't work, which is why no. I think, you know, the dueling banjos in Dallas, I think, is going to fall flat. And I think they're going to be out in the first round.
0: Well, it would be nice because I definitely wouldn't want to face them in the third round. Do you think they're scarier now than they were last year? I'm not sure they are. Um, Yeah. I mean I have to say yeah, just because as much as people can hate on Kyrie, uh, Kyrie is one of the one of the best finishers in the game. You know, like you can't take that away from him. And it's again, those two are a tough cover. Whether you know, and they have those re- they have those other players that will just like Thomas Bertons, right? Is he still on the team even? I mean when, he's he, a when stiff he played again. Yeah, but 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 when he when he was uh, in the series against um, the Suns last year, they didn't miss threes. Their entire right. team just didn't miss threes, you know. So like you you focus so much on those two guys. If your team is shooting the ball well, you could get out of any round. Um, which is why I think they're marginally better than they were last year. Uh, I just you know, think they they're, they're so bad defensively.
1: And, and Kyrie is. They're
0: terrible defensively.
1: Is, let's just say, not an upgrade defensively. And the Dueling Banjos thing, I just. I'm selling this Dallas thing. I know the Dallas fans on Twitter were going nuts when Kyrie had, like, his first two good games and they won. And then they lost three straight or something like that. Go get to All Star Break. And it's just like, eh. eh yeah. The Kyrie honeymoon you know, is legitimately a week and then it gets weird right. and then it just gets more weird.
0: I feel like that's been the recurring theme with him uh, on a bunch of teams. Like there's always something that's going to pop up when it's relative to Kyrie.
1: Yeah. It's only been that way for five years. You know, it's not like we have a major track <laughs> yeah. record. of this.
0: They could, they could still get over the hump. You think so? No, that was, yeah, facetious. I don't think so either.
1: I don't think so yeah. either. So, I guess uh, we'll let you go on this. Right now, your finals pick is?
0: My finals pick, fully healthy, will be the Suns, and I think it'll be a Suns-Bucks rematch. Um, But again, that's fully healthy. If the Suns are not fully healthy, I would say, you know, I like the Bucks to probably be there um, and probably win it. Because again, I, I don't think... Uh, I was talking to a couple of people and it's just, you know, Giannis is, they're a well, well-rounded team. Brooke Lopez is playing really good basketball.
1: Uh, they were like 13 straight going into all-star game.
0: Yeah. It's just, he, you can't guard him. You really can't guard him. And it's like, you could really only try and contain him. And even that, you know, doesn't really work. So oh, fully healthy. I'm going to go Suns, uh Suns bucks finals. And, Suns maybe in six.
1: Before I give you mine, what are you hearing about uh the Giannis wrist injury?
0: Anything to be the super Giannis- concerned about? Um, no, I don't think anything much. I think you could probably see him play potentially Sunday against the Suns or uh or Tuesday against the Nets. And is K- um, and is KD ready to go
1: post All Star break? What, what are you hearing about him?
0: Um, no, I, I think uh, I mean originally I thought it was gonna maybe be Sunday, but now it might be uh, I think Wednesday against Charlotte or something like that. But I don't, A I nice, wouldn't write easy off landing yet. spot the Charlotte Hornets who are yeah. terrible. A nice easy landing yeah. spot. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't write him off yet for Sunday. I don't think um interesting and again i think i think bucks Jay crowder is there you know finals rematch nationally televised game like i wouldn't write it off but again i don't think they want to rush him back until he's 110 percent because they have a lot bigger goals than you know getting him in, the, in the lineup. Um, makes sense my finals pick i'm gonna stick with what i did earlier
1: in the year uh bucks denver do i feel great about it no but we're, we're 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 sticking with it bucks denver
0: Yitz. This is awesome. give you i was denver. gonna say i'll give you i'll give you one more chance to pull that back because i don't think denver makes it out of the second round
1: uh, we're, 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 we're gonna we're gonna stay with it we're gonna stay with it uh i don't feel great about it but we're gonna stick with it just to, just to say that i, I don't flip flop uh yet this was great man thanks for taking the time we obviously will talk throughout the week offline but uh welcome to the show you did you did great for your first time gonna we'll have to have you back you're now a recurring guest
0: i uh, appreciate you having me ben
1: all right we'll speak and uh and get the ankle thanks ready so for monday night because because we you have a season to continue
0: <laughs> i got you
1: awesome awesome i'll speak to you bud. thanks right, man. Man. later thanks again to first-time guests and hopefully recurring guests it's men lords Good stuff with him. He's one of my chief antagonists, but he knows that I know hoops, and he knows hoops as well. It's good conversation with him. That's episode 198 for the love of the game. Take us out, Keep like t- big
0: mate, You buy, I sell. We split big cake. Uh, uh. Let's move your little thing. Uh, let's move it around. Let's shake uh, uh, yeah. a little thing. 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 Uh Yeah. It's such a vibrant thing. thing. A vibing thing. Uh huh. Yeah. It's such a vibrant thing thing, of vibrant thing uh uh such a vibrant thing uh vibe thing a vibrant thing uh vibe thing of vibrant thing uh vibe thing of yeah uh uh yeah Thank you for listening to Believe